You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meets at stayclassymeets.com where you can use promo code WIDEMEN save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. And here we are again. Another week, another episode. It's Wide Men Can't Jump. Welcome aboard, everyone, back on this crazy train that we call Wide Men Can't Jump. I'm your host, Nate Bush, and joining me, as always, from way up yonder, not quite the Yukon, but not quite Calgary, ladies and gentlemen, the Canadian catastrophe himself, Canadian Timmy! Your knowledge of Canadian geography is frightening, sir. Thank you. Absolutely frightening, but... In your defense, it is a balmy for my American friends. A balmy 19 degrees. Fahrenheit. Uh, wind chill of another 7, so she's down to 12 Fahrenheit. Snowing. Ah, who could ask for more? Ah, Canada. <laughs> Blame Canada. Fucking <laughs> like South Park. Oh, yeah, yes. no, it's another day in paradise up here. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, Nate. It's uh, it's good to be living in God's country. Indeed, and uh, here in uh, God's country, and the only reason I call West Virginia God's country is because uh, who the fuck else would want it? But here we are, West Virginia. I'm coming in loud and clear, I hope, and uh, we're glad you're all with us. Before we get going, a uh, big, big hello out there to all of the new listeners that we've acquired recently. Uh, it's good to see those numbers going up. Good to see uh, all these different countries jumping on board the Wide Men Can't Jump bandwagon. We're coming for you, Joe Rogan. We're coming for you. <laughs> yes. Yes, Joe Rogan. Feel the heat. I'm expecting that call from Spotify at any moment. No, oh, I mean, I put them on hold. <laughs> you didn't know it was them, did you? No, I thought it was a political call, and I was like, damn it, I'm done with this. You know, Nate, and you said that, and then I went and checked the numbers, and it, it jumped again since this morning. Of course it did, because it's white men can't jump, baby. It's out of madness. I think the women are getting getting word, getting the word out. Females. Yeah, that's right. Apparently, our demographic is there's more females. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to thank all five of you for tuning in. <laughs> uh, are you sure five might be? A, well, hold on. <laughs> Don't start doing math. We'll be here all week. I mean, there's some ciphering for you, Nate. Uh, uh, any, anywho, anywho, I will say this, and this is going to be my PSA public service announcement for the episode. Uh, the general election here in the United States is coming up. 
get out and vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm not going to tell you how you should feel, but you should do your civic duty and get out and vote. I voted today, actually, as we record. I just got back uh, about an hour ago. I went and voted. took me 10 minutes. I was in. I was out. Early voting in West Virginia has started, so do your civic duty. If you feel like you want to mail it in, do that. Just uh, make sure you get out and let your voice be heard. Again, this is not a, an endorsement of anybody. This is me saying, hey, get out and vote. And I think well, that's I've, something we should all do. I've done my part. I've illegally voted you in your election at least 37 times already. Um, you know, you've got friends over in, in Russia, so that's how that works. But no, no, anyway. No. China. Let's get that right. China. Oh, yeah. It's China. Excuse me. China. Russian uh, food. Russian food doesn't doesn't. Doesn't measure, agree with you. Doesn't measure up to the Chinese food. I mean, come on. You know, every time I eat <laughs> Russian food, I can't stop Putin. So I understand what you mean. Oh, come on. There it is. There's that strike from the FCC. One left. Yes, there it is. <laughs> one left. That's <laughs> ah, all good. It's come all on. Good that stuff. was a good one. Come on. Let's, uh, let's talk some uh, basketball uh, shakings and doings there, Nathan. Oh, look at you, Mr. Eager Beaver. But yes, let's do that. The NBA, we're officially in the NBA offseason, and uh, I'll be honest, I don't have a clue when the regular season is set to start up again. I haven't seen or heard anything yet. So as soon as we hear it, we'll let you know, and uh, we'll pass that info along. But there has been some movement uh, already during the NBA offseason. So let's look at it. Uh, the, The first move came a week ago, right after we got done recording i believe or the next day uh the show came out and then like the next day the news broke ty Lu will be the coach of the clippers he will be uh fi- he finalized his five-year deal with the clippers and ty Lu will be now considered the man in los angeles so uh what, what are your thoughts on that tim do we talked about ty Lu last week we talked about what we thought in terms of his coaching ability and you know he was a very sought after coach, but do you think the Clippers made a right move here? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm reserved judgment on this one. I I have to see with that situation as I've been reading. There's a lot of uh, a lot of stories popping out up about the uh, some of the Clippers players not being particularly happy about the treatment of one Kawhi Leonard. I don't know if you read any of that. I have not. Fill me in. I, uh, some players a little bit miffed that he got the kid glove treatment and, you know, the load management and all of this kind of stuff. And that they, I mean, again, uh, on you know, they're not saying who said it, but I've come from enough places and you got to sort of wonder, like, you know, if you're a player on the team, and they so they sign him, and then they get his they get who he wants them to get to play there, and then he gets coddled on top of that. He makes more money than everybody. I mean, and all you know, and then you don't even win. Like you could probably take that if you win, right? But then yeah, you don't I was, win. I mean, you, you took it right out of my mouth there. I was going to say, you know, I don't think you'd hear any of this griping and complaining if they no, won the title. Probably a hundred. You know, there you're you're dealing with a lot of fragile egos in the professional sports world, and mind you, Ty Lue has probably dealt with the most fragile of them. So, yeah. Boy, you got that right. So he 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 might be. I mean, we're going to have to see what they do in the off season here. There's a 
there's a lot of uh, a lot of unknowns in the whole all this coach. I mean, there's unknowns in the coaching changes anyway. Nobody knows how the team is going to mesh and how personalities are going to mesh. But I mean, it, to me, it's uh, you know they could do worse. I guess. Yeah, you know? I mean, Ty Lue does have a championship. He's won a title. I mean, granted, a lot of people argue. Well, he was you know he was the coach when they won the title, but was he really the coach when they won the title? I mean. You nobody really that. knows. Yeah, nobody, nobody you know, really that's, knows. That's between Dan Gilbert, LeBron, and Ty Lue, so you can figure that out amongst yourselves. Um, but, I mean, let's let's look here at the – I'm going to pull up the L.A. Clippers um I mean, Ty Lue, if, if anything, Ty Lue is not a dumb guy. No, no. So I have to assume that in those runs he, he must have learned something. And hopefully that was the right knowledge to carry the Clippers over the, and I don't know, you know, I, I mean, the Clippers didn't do very well in the playoffs this year, but a lot of me has got to wonder if that is bubble related as opposed to team related. I kind of, I'm one of those people that, uh, I kind of chalk up this season a lot to bubble the bubble fatigue. And if we had a regular a regular, regular season, then maybe we would be singing a different tune. Uh, I'm looking at the Clippers' contract situation. Um, Paul George is actually making more money than Kawhi Leonard, believe it or not, by about $1.1 million more. But did, didn't, he, didn't he come in on, a, on an already existing deal? He came in on the max contract. Yeah, okay. Uh, so so Kawhi, Leonard, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are both getting raises from last year. Paul George will be making $35 million. He's jumping up. He's actually making about $2.5 million more. Kawhi Leonard will be making about uh, $1.6 $1. million more. He goes up to $34.3 million. Then the, the next year, they both have player options. So we'll see what they decide to do there. Uh, Marcus Morris's $15 million deal will be off the books. Now, whether they bring him back, will be uh, we'll have to wait and see. Montrez Harrell's going to get paid. He's make he made six million dollars last year, so you may want to take some of that money that Marcus Morris makes and give it to Montrez Harrell. Uh, Pat didn't... Patterson, Patrick Patterson's uh, two point three million dollars is off the he, book. He um, he won the sixth man, didn't he? Uh, I believe he did. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. So he's 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 in line. He's due. He's due. Yeah, he's in Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Lou Williams is only making eight million dollars a year. Would you believe that? And seven million of it went somewhere. <laughs> Magic City, baby. <laughs> oh, I see. Ma- I, I swear to you, I see Magic City like everywhere. Like I, I saw it like on a, uh, a. I don't even know if it was a. It was just like a building somewhere, like a, a vacant building, and somebody had a sign up. This is about, about Magic City. It was something completely different. But I just busted laughing. Well, it's sort of. Just... It's kind of weaseled its way into pop culture a tiny bit. It has, honestly. It really has. Well, great wings, I mean. Yeah, hey, I'm willing to try them because I I love wings. I'm a wing connoisseur, as you know. Um, But, yeah, you look at that contract situation. Harold's going to get paid. This is Lou Williams' last year, his deal. Don't know if they'll try and keep him or renegotiate or what have you. They've got one more year to make a run of this. They, They have one more year to really go for it. So well, and, then, and then there's two superstars. We'll pull the 
pl- player option. Yeah, it's not quite enough money. I'm gonna go somewhere else where they can offer me. Well, if they opt deal. in, if they both opt in, their last year, uh, Paul George will be making thirty-seven point eight million. Kawhi Leonard will be making thirty-six million. But they'll only stay there if they're winning. If they're not winning, it won't matter. This is, and you hate to see that in terms of if you're Ty Lue, you sign a five-year deal, and what if your two stars bolt after this year? Then what do you do? Then you hope you get fired and you keep that guaranteed money and you go home. <laughs> I mean, you may be right, but, again, that that's the details there of the Clippers' contract situation. Again, um Free agency this year. I'm not sure when free agency actually gets going. Let me take a look. I haven't seen much. They must if it if it's happening, it can't be anytime soon because I'm, it, I'm I haven't sure. seen much. I'll check the start day here. Uh, looks like December first. No later yeah. than December first. They said they they haven't even figured it out yet. They said it could be in early to mid November. It'll probably be after the draft, and the draft's a few weeks away. So. The Athletics' John Hollinger is reporting it could start sometime after mid-November, but it won't be any later than December 1st. So, we got some sort of idea here. Yeah, I mean, if they were planning on, like, what, wasn't the rough idea to get started, like, Christmas, man, New Year's, approximately? Oh, that's that's not happening. They're not starting the season at Christmas. Well, that's what they were talking about. I mean, they were talking about about it, but I, I don't see it happening. Well, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to do it. Like, well, they, they've also run into another block, another uh, stumbling block here uh, with the NBA. Let me let me find what what I had seen earlier because uh, this was kind of important news that that was was coming out here um, for the third time. The end. This is per Adrian Wojnarowski. For the third time, the NBA and NBA Players Association have agreed to extend the deadline to serve notice on terminating the collective bargaining agreement. The extension goes to October 30th now, and that allows additional time for talks on CBA modifications that sources say continue to be productive. And as the NBA and NBA Players Association negotiate the adjustments to the CBA, because of the coronavirus pandemic, each side has until October 30th to get 45 days notice on terminating the CBA. While that's still on the table, there's optimism and agreement on adjusted terms will be in place prior to the draft. So they there's still a little bit of politics going on with your, uh, your CBA. I have to assume that the owners are probably looking at a way to recoup some lost revenue from... No tickets and yeah. the and the, what looks to be like there's probably not going to be um, at at the best limited fans at the best. Yeah. So, and you'd think the players would be ratified would just be no 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 everything is just fine the way it is. Let's yeah, just exactly. leave everything be. We'll we'll, we'll tough it out. I think uh, we're we'll going to have to bend a little bit. The players are. But again, apparently the talks are 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 going well. They're not stalling. Well, yeah, if I'm the owners, I, I don't go after them for salaries. No. I go after them, you know, on the benefits and that end of things, free agency, all those kinds of things that a lot of players won't bother to do the math on. I hate to say that about the players, but... No, you're not wrong, though. But it's still true. Um, yeah. Time will tell. You know you know that the, the those rich owners are going to get theirs somehow. 
Um, you know, I wanted to, I, I had forgot this, uh, but so I want to go ahead and bring this up as we're recording. Um, this is kind of a, a, an aside here. We'll get back to the NBA news in just a second. But, uh, yesterday we lost, uh, a listener from, uh, the wide men can't jump family. He was a friend of mine from middle school. Uh, he and I used to talk basketball. We talked wrestling. We played football together. We played basketball together in buddy league. Uh, he passed away at the young age of 30. He was only four days older than me. Uh, so to anyone out there that knows who I'm talking about, uh, the family of John Shepard, uh, he was a listener to the show. He always used to message me and, uh, you know, I always tagged him in the shows when they came out and, and made sure that he knew he was a big Carolina Panthers fan. He was a Dirk Nowinski fan. Used to, you know, he, he, he loved his sports, man. I mean, he was a big fan and, uh, gone way too soon and was really, really close with me, uh, during my formative years in, you know, middle school, junior high, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he will be missed. And John brother, if you're out there, I uh, hope you're, hope you found your peace that you always wanted. So, Again, my condolences to his family, uh, his, his wonderful family, sisters, his mother. I know all of them. And uh, we're going to miss you, buddy. So, again, uh, we'll dedicate this one to him. So, again, John, we miss you. And we know this show goes to uh, the Wi-Fi in heaven is excellent, uh, my dad. Uh, so, anybody up there is getting a, getting a good, good, clean audio of this awesome podcast that God loves oh so much, Nate. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's get back to the NBA news now. I apologize for bringing the mood down, but that's just something I felt I needed to do. All right, let's get back to it here. Uh, more NBA news today. Stan Van Gundy will be the next coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. This just broke about an hour ago as we record. Oh, the, the Pelicans have got... They got some interesting problems there. Now they draft Williamson, who yeah, appears like he's going to be the real deal, but we're not 100% sure yet. Injuries seem to be a thing with this guy so far, anyway. Um, but they've got some players that they're going to have to decide uh, what their what direction they're going to go. You know, yeah. uh, you know, they got Brandon Ingram. What do they do with Drew Holiday? Well, what here's they, some here's what some do of they the do with, what do they do with Lonzo Ball? What do they do with Josh Hart? Like they've got some decisions they got to make. Here's here's what here here was uh, Bobby Mark shared this article on ESPN.com. Uh, Brandon Ingram, and that's including Brandon Ingram. New Orleans has ten players returning this season. They have four picks in the draft. They have one first round pick in three seconds. And the projected 9.3 million mid-level exemption and a 3.6 million biannual exemption available. So New Orleans is actually set up to to really, if they can, make a run. They've got a lot of talent, you know, and a lot of guys on rookie deals. And this is a, a lot of good players here. I'm going to go ahead and pull up their contract situation uh, for the Pelicans here. Let's check them out, and we'll see what the. Uh, the future holds here. Drew Holiday is the really the, the guy getting paid. He's got $26 million headed his way next year. 
JJ Reddick's like got another year. Derek Favors is coming off the Bucks uh, at seventeen million. Lonzo Ball's got eleven million next year. Zion Williamson's making ten million. Etwan Moore is off the books. Brandon Ingram, of course, coming back. He re-signed. They've still got you know Jackson Hayes, who's a nice piece. Nikhil Alexander Walker, Josh Hart. I mean, they've got a lot of players here, and you know Zion Williamson. He still got another three years that he can play on this deal. And you you know you re-sign Ingram, which is big for them. Favors walks. There's a lot they can do, and there's a lot of pieces on this team. I think they're maybe one really good superstar away. I think they're going to be a good team, but I think uh, I was thinking, let's see, you know what what happens. Okay, but do do they sign their you know, okay uh, Ingram and Holiday? Okay, Holiday's already getting money. Yeah, he's getting they're they're going to have to give Ingram money at some point as soon as he's eligible to get it, I guess. Well, his um, his contract is up right now. Okay, He's so one they're going to the top free agents, and all right, so they're going to have probably going to get paid. Yeah, they're going to have to pay him, or do you move him? Well, I guess they can't move him, but do you spend your money on him, and do you move Holiday for draft picks, or because they still got a pile of draft picks coming from the Davis trade, right? Yeah, yeah, they like got one this year and three in the second round. They got a first this year right, and three so, in the second. So, do you? Do you look at your team and go, okay, uh, realistically, or can we win this year? Probably not, right? No, we can improve. Of we're going to be better, okay, but do we want to improve for this year or do we maybe want to trade, let's say we, we swap Holiday, uh, we sign Ingram and we trade Holiday, or we sign Ingram and trade him and we pick up another first-rounder or two even possibly, who knows, because I don't know what the market's going to be. Nobody seems to really know any of that. And do you load up for, you know, two or three years down the road when Zion really hits his stride if he hits it? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those wait-and-see moments. I, I know um, if you're looking at this Pelicans team, you've got to be excited, especially if you're a New Orleans fan for the future. This was a team where you gave it all up for Anthony Davis, and you are like, okay, we have Anthony Davis. We'll go ahead and get all these role players, get all these guys. Brandon Ingram becomes the most improved player of the year. Lonzo Ball, maybe not what you expected so far in his career, but not bad, serviceable at best. He's a he's a he's a solid player. Maybe not the superstar you want, but you know he's he's a, he's a good player. Uh, you you sign JJ Redick, nice piece to add on there, nice veteran. You still got Drew Holiday. Then you land, you know the the guy that's supposed to be the next big thing. Now, granted, he was injury a little injury prone, didn't play as much, but the team was ready with him there they're ready to take that next step if he stays healthy they're going to be dangerous and then of course you got jackson hayes who's a who's a nice serviceable backup Nikhil alexander walker's a streaky shooter who can score and fill it up from the outside they've got some pieces there i think they need if and brandon ingram came out and said he's a restricted free agent so no matter what he's offered new orleans can match it and keep him so it doesn't he matter is, uh... But they Brandon have, Ingram uh, came out and said he wants to stay in New Orleans because his then, career turned around there. And you'd think, considering the Pelicans have, aren't exactly a destination of awesomeness. You know, I've always wondered about that. Well, New, Orleans, not, is a, New Orleans is a really cool city, a fun city. I mean, yeah, it's, not but, Salt, it's not Salt Lake City. It's not Minneapolis. So that's 
a plus no, for a lot but, of guys. But it, doesn't, but... but it doesn't seem to be like it's not like when you talk about destinations in pro sports, New Orleans isn't one that yeah. come, comes up for whatever reason. Kind of weird to me. I, I mean, really, it is because it's warm all year. I mean, granted, you're it's a little swampy, but I mean, it's a it's a well, isn't this, party girl. Hasn't the city taken a bit? Didn't it take a bit of a beating though after the hurricane and parts of it never really recovered? Yeah, I mean, that, that it might is be a hurricane zone. That 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 could be yeah. an issue. I think I don't know biggest. what their state. I don't know what their their state tax might be. I don't know because that. They're, they're, I know a lot of people want to play in Texas and Florida because there's no state income tax. Their biggest problem is they're just a little too much Duke on this team. <laughs> they had five guys from Duke, man. Well, I mean, hey, if it gets the job done, uh, uh, it's two percent. It hasn't. Two percent <laughs> uh, state income tax. For actually, if you're an NBA player, you're going to be paying looks like six percent on any income over fifty thousand right, so dollars. So then, how do why is that why nobody ever wants to go to the Knicks? Uh, I mean, it could be a possibility. Well, I saw with the and not to get into any of the politics of it, but from what I've been reading, the if the uh, certain individual gets elected and the tax plan that they have goes into effect. The state tax in New York is going to be sixty-two percent. That all, doesn't make sense. All, all the tax with federal and state wow. and everything else. According to this, s- New York state income tax rate range from four to eight point eight two percent, depending well, on ta- your income. So I figure you, most of your NBA players are paying that eight percent tax. They may not want to go to the Knicks, but yet there's still there there is people lining up to go to the Nets. So I think it does, I don't think it has much to do with the income tax as much as it has to do with ownership. Because Fifty Cent said he would be known forevermore as Twenty Cent if the tax thing goes through. Uh, he'll be all right. Oh yeah, I mean those guys are all fine. But if you're a regular dude, you, yeah. I mean, I suppose millionaires. I mean, it's all relative, right? I mean. If you're making, even if you're making a million dollars, okay, and you pay, you know, what do you say, eight percent? Yeah. Well, okay, so it'd be a big whoopty deal. So you've only got nine hundred and twenty thousand. Oh, you poor guy. Yeah. How are you gonna make it? <laughs> that must be just terrific. Bless your heart. Uh, another little piece of news: we talked about Doc Rivers last week signing with the Seventy uh, Sixers. That news broke. Um, Dave Yeager, who's a former head coach of the the Kings and Grizzlies, he will be an assistant coach for that team. And uh, it's a nice piece for them to add. And uh, here's one that we wanted to bring up. Nate Bjorgren has become the new head coach of the Indiana Pacers. He was an assistant on the Raptors when they won the NBA title. So Nate Bjorgren. I think is how you pronounce that name. He's huh? got a yeah, and he's got a, a he's another guy. I don't know. Is he inheriting a great a good team there, is or, or is he inheriting a mess in Indiana? It's <laughs> it, it remains to be seen, really, because <laughs> that's just, a team that should be better. I, I always think they're going to be better than what they are, and then it's one of those. Eh, then they show up, and it's like, eh, I thought they would do better than this, but eh. Well, don't they have, uh, I think I was reading that they have some questions about uh, some of their uh, lineup. Um, I can't remember what it was. I did read a thing about Victor Oladipo. Yeah, that there's 
question marks about him. Yeah, they're not sure uh, if he can lead. Um, again, I don't know. That's one of those. Maybe he can, maybe he can't. Time will tell. Uh, so I, I can't sit here and say for sure. But again, uh, Oladipo has been a, a decent piece for this team. It's one of those wait and see things. Here's an interesting tidbit about the Pacers. They were bought. Their owner is the longest tenured owner in the NBA. He hmm. bought the he bought the Pacers in 1983 for how much? Do you think? I would say probably. I don't know. Hundred million. This is insane. Ten point five million. Wow. That has got to be some serious return on investment there. I have well, to think. What are they worth now? Really? I, I I don't know, but I'm I'm sure it's a long ways from ten point five million. I okay, can tell well, you. Well, let's let's let's. I can tell you that. <laughs> Let, let's go ahead and dive into it here. Uh, we have technology, so the Indiana Pacers' net worth is one point four billion. Good lord! Oh, well done. Well done, Herb Simon. Well done, because that is how you make money. <laughs> he bought it. Now, what year did he buy him? 1984, you 19, said? 1983 for $10.5 okay, so, so that's 19, probably... Hold on what? here. 1983, and he for $10 million, $10.4 million? That's probably around, what, $30 million in today's money? Nah, hold on. I'll tell you. I'm on the inflation calculator, so... That would be worth $27 million. Okay. And it's only worth a, a paltry what a billion? One point one point four billion. Yeah! Wow! Insane! That's a good businessman right there. See, Bogus, Bogus. See now, if you'd have saved every dime you ever spent on takeout, you could have. <laughs> you could have bought three franchises by now. <laughs> could have owned the sheets. Could have. Could have. Could have been called Bogus' sheets instead of just sheets. Come on down to Bogus's Prairie Warehouse and Rib Emporium. <laughs> Bogus's Barbecue and Foot Massage. So... <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> well, I'm not going to touch that. Carrying on. You don't have to touch that, but in case Bogus were to able, ever able to get mad at us, I don't think it's in him or anybody else. I know what he could do. He could call Stephen P. New and sue us is what he would do, even though Steve New would not take the case because Steve loves us. But if you got somebody you're ticked off at and you need to sue, you should call Stephen P. New or head to newlawoffice.com. Check it out. Our man, Steve New, we're going to try and get him on the show, hopefully for the anniversary edition. Uh, we've been in some talks with some people about the anniversary show. We will uh, keep those under our hat for now. But... Well, hopefully we can grab Steve New and get him on here. Uh, speaking of Steve New, let's hear a little more from our friend Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. 
a new level of personal service. Whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Thanks again to the law offices of Stephen P. New. It's newlawoffice.com. Again, check it out, newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New, always there for you. Well, Tim, this uh, past week, or, you know, I forget how long it's been since the NBA title was decided. It's been a week it's, or two. It seems like forever ago already. I, I mean, we're in the fifth year of 2020 now, so. Yeah, no kidding. We'll, we'll see. But um, the Larry O'Brien trophy was passed out. So that's uh, that's the, the big one for the NBA. And we, we saw it come out, Larry O'Brien. Um, and, and a nice trophy, don't you think? Compared to what? Well, I mean, when all, you... On, all on its own? Yeah, it's a nice trophy. Mm, okay, sure. Okay, I mean, there there's some nice trophies out there. Larry O'Brien's one of them. Now, let's go ahead and say it. The best trophy of all time is still the Stanley Cup. We know that. The Stanley Cup is the best trophy. I, I, I hate to say it, but it, it it's true. Yeah, I, look, I'm, you're talking to a guy that's not even that big of a hockey fan, but it's absolutely the best it it looks like what like if if somebody told me okay if you wanted to win something and you had to put it up in your house like you know display it prominently on the mantle that's the stanley cup because it just looks cool absolutely say what you you want about the sport maybe if you don't like hockey that's all right i get that but uh, the, the the i mean it's it's like a lot of them don't look like trophies to me they look like art well, I'm going to send you, I'm sending you a link right now on your Facebook page. So go ahead and, and check this out. Golly, nice. This is, according to this uh, Fox article, the 25 best sports trophies of all time. So we're going to look at these and talk about them. Then we're going to dive into the ugliest sports trophies of all time. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about these. And so <laughs> these some of these are just absolutely hideous. <laughs> but we'll, we'll dive into those as well. But of course, uh, our game plan next week is to really get into the the rivalry trophies. I don't know if you uh, if, if anybody remembers that. A lot of the rivalry trophies are just hideous. I don't know if you've seen some of them, but they are absolutely hideous. Um, so that's our game plan next week is to talk about that. Is uh, you know, I I know some of you, you know, what I'm talking about though, Tim, right? The the you know the the games like the rivalry games. Yeah, so it's rivalry weekend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah like uh, uh, the Black Diamond Trophy for West Virginia, Virginia Tech, or I don't want to give too many of these away that we're going to be I- talking. About, but I there's... thought I thought West Virginia played Virginia Tech and it was like a you know empty 
still you know, some copper wire or something like that. <laughs> uh, it should be, but it's not. All right, well, here's what is considered the best sports trophy. An, un- an uncashed unemployment check. <laughs> Food stamp card. All right, here's what's considered All right. the, the best trophies of uh, in sports. Uh, the NCAA trophies for the championships. I, I got to disagree. I, I really don't like this trophy. This looks like it was designed by Sears and Roebuck in 1972. Like yeah, it looks like a it looks like a miniature like cuckoo clock. Yeah, it looks like you know some really nerdy family with plastic covered couches would have this in the in the living room, and you wouldn't yeah, be looks, allowed to you wouldn't be allowed to touch it, and you wouldn't know what it did. It's just like a wall decoration more than yeah. a trophy. Doesn't yeah. look like something you want to win, and I think that goes back to every trophy, really. Well, to be honest, that thing was probably, in all honesty, was probably designed by a bunch of nerds at MIT or something like that. Possibly. Designed by people that would never hold it. <laughs> yeah, that never, yeah, never played any sports. You're, you're right on there. Yeah, that's ugly. I'm sorry, but that's yeah, ugly. Yeah, I'm not big on that one. Uh, here's the Triple Crown. Uh, it's a major league, the Major League Baseball trophy for... Anybody that wins the triple crown, it's an actual crown. <laughs> it looks like something that you would get if you bought an extra large bottle of Crown Royal Rye. Or it looks like something that you'd get at Burger King during baseball season. Yes, it looks like something put together at somebody's fantasy league trophy, maybe, or something like that. That, that I don't know. Yeah, that was That's kind of, hideous. It's kind of gaudy, too. I can't yeah. believe it's an actual crown. That's funny. That's don't, funny. Yeah, it's got the care. huge baseball on top, and this is supposed to be like a prestigious award, and it just looks terrible. So, you know, maybe maybe a, a prop on a Saturday Night Live skit or something like that. Yeah, maybe. It's not good. Whatever. Yeah, no, well, out, out, out. Yeah. Number and this one here, the Claret Jug. It goes to the winner of the British, the PGA British Open. Uh, winner, the Claret Jug. I actually don't mind this trophy. This okay, actually... well, and, and you can't dump on this one because it's old. Yeah, 1873, uh, this yeah, trophy's yeah. been around. So, so we'll cut this one some slack. That top yeah. part looks like the top of like a, a German, like of... German beer that you would yeah. part that actually opens up the stein and then you can drink, right? But Yeah, I, I don't hate that trophy, though. I really don't. Like, it's not the worst-looking trophy I've ever wow, seen. Wow, man. It is for golf, too, so what do you want? It can't be that manly. I mean, Well, here's one, the MLS Cup. This this thing's huge. It, it's way too big. <laughs> like it's now, have, so- you, have, you, have you ever seen the ad? It's not for sports or anything, but it's for some, like, deodorant or something where there's these guys running around a hotel and they're, they're passing off what turns out to be a flower vase as this cup. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of, you know, this thing would look, it would be at home if it had a bunch of roses sticking out of the top of it. thing is huge. It is big, though. I will give them that much. At least, yeah. they, at least they went with a good size. I hate small trophies that just don't look important. This yeah. one at least kind of looks important, <laughs> but still ugly, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, the, I, I don't like the, the handle part of it looks cheesy. Yeah, the the handle part I'm not big on it. It, it, it looks like ribbons. They tried to go they tried to take a, a traditional design and, and mix it with some kind of like new world. Just ain't working for me. 
Oh, no for are, me, dog. Oh, those. It's got a lot of Europe to it for an MLS trophy. Yeah. That yeah. One. All, All right, right. Here, here's one. This one is the WNBA championship trophy, and it kind of looks like a clock that is leaning to the left. Why is or it? The, it's leaning to the right, right? Well, to, you, depending on which way you're looking at it. So it could be uh, 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 a shout-out to uh, Buffalo Bills field goal kickers. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> well, they did it again this week. The guy, the yeah, they did. They wide did. right by 30 feet, and I just laughed. I said, God, you know, they think they'd have figured that out by now. At least wide left would be nice. Yeah, that, that trophy, it's pretty ugly. it might look better if it wasn't leaning, but the leaning part's weird. It looks like, you know, you were you were screwing around in the old man's den, and it broke, and you tried to slap it back together, but it's broke beyond, like, you can't yeah, really... Yeah, beyond, quite, repa- beyond yeah, you, uh, repair. You, you can't quite really fix it, but you did what you could and hope nobody'd notice. <laughs> ah, they won't see this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. That's that's not a not a good look for me. And here's and here's a trophy. Now this one is one of the most. This is the most let down trophy maybe ever. The FIFA World Cup, because the World Cup. I don't know. You and I are both big World Cup fans, and we tune in for it. That trophy sucks. It's the that biggest a, sporting event in the world, and that trophy is lame. It is. It looks like. It honestly looks like a, a trophy that is made out of chocolate wrapped in the foil. Well, you know what it is? It's a giant Ferrero Rocher. You know those candies that come in the foil? Yeah. And you, yeah. you got to peel them back. That, that's kind of what it looks like a little yeah. bit. The annual Bogus Cup will look similar to this, only it's made out of uh, candy corn. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, FIFA World Cup trophy. Not impressed. Well, that is a big L. Yeah, big L. The U.S. Open Championship Trophy. Did you know that's the official name of the trophy? Like, it doesn't have a special name. It's just called the U.S. Open Championship Trophy. Well, they should. Well, it should either be called maybe the what? The the Palmer, perhaps the Nicholas, and perhaps I even... I why the... they wouldn't call it the Palmer. That'd be a good name. As I take a sip of an Arnold Palmer drink right now. Oh, no, but but I don't... Uh, this one doesn't offend me. I like me. it. I like I it. It looks like a, a cup on top of a baby Stanley Cup. It's a, it's simple. Yes, sometimes uh, simplicity. Sometimes simplicity is the way to go. Yeah, I don't have a problem with this one. This one gets This one gets a pass. Uh, here's the gold glove and silver slugger awards. I don't have a problem with this because they represent the what you're winning. Does that they make least, sense? Yes, they at least make sense. They make sense to me. It's not a golden glove award, and it's a horseshoe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, <laughs> a golden like glove. Yeah, that like, to no, me I'm... these these make sense. Yeah, I mean, if you had this up on your on your trophy case, people are going to notice it and go, "Hey, yeah. what's that?" Yeah, and, and I think that it fits there. So yeah, nothing no, no, wrong with that. No issue with that one. Uh, the Larry O'Brien Championship Trophy and the Bill Russell NBA Finals MVP Award. Uh, I like both of these. I've always liked the. I really like the MVP award. I think the MVP award's better than the uh, Larry O'Brien. Well, the, the MVP award is the one with the off-centered basketball? No, that's the Larry O'Brien. Okay, well, that one is ugly. Uh, or just that part of it I don't like. I've always liked it. Um, the other, the MVP but the MVP award, award okay. I really like. It looks somewhat, somewhat classy, but still maintains a sporting cup sort of look. I like that they have the net 
kind of outlined in the, the trophy. That's really cool to me. Well, that's probably something at least half the people that look at it don't even notice. Yeah, if you look at the there's netting. Guy yeah, in. no, it definitely is, but that's probably only your keen uh, prescription sunglass vision picked up. I haven't got my new glasses yet. I've got to wait another couple of weeks. I'm still oh, using well, old ones. Oh, well, then you can't see shit then. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. The Wanamaker yeah. Trophy. It's not the best trophy in golf, but it's still a good-looking trophy, according to this. It's the winner of the PGA Championship, and I like this trophy. I do, too, and it looks like it's a pretty good size. Oh, yeah, very good. Very good size. I actually saw them hand this trophy out to Roy McElroy once. Roy McElroy? Yeah, I was at uh, the PGA Championship. Uh-huh. Uh, me and Jeff went in 2014. Sancho Jeff! Yeah. Yeah, we went Shut to up. the. We were in Louisville. We had a good time. Uh, all right, the okay. Now this one, I just all right. the yellow jersey of the Tour de France. Now I have no problem with the concept the concept of the yellow jersey while the competition is yes. going on. Yeah. Yes, that's uh, cool. But that's what you get, and he's holding a teddy bear and some flowers. I think that is for the winner of the stage. Because I think they actually do get a trophy. It's the Grand Depart Trophy. I don't know. I, I, I don't like the I don't like the yellow jersey. Not a fan. Well, it, it's in it's in direct competition with another one that we'll probably get to here at some point. I think. Well, here's one that I disagree with being on this list: the Commissioner's Trophy for Major League Baseball, who wins the World Series. This trophy is ugly. Okay, what do the flags represent exactly? The is that how? All the teams. the teams. It's all the teams. I do not like this trophy. Well, you know, I'm an, I'm not an American, and I automatically resent that they're the world champions of baseball. I, that just angers me. Well, there for a while, we were the only country playing it, so <laughs> that's why we got away with it. Yeah, we never called our curling championship the world championship ever. Well, why didn't you? You should have. <laughs> Because we're not a bunch of a-holes. That's well, why. we are. USA, baby. But yeah, I don't like the commissioner's trophy. Never have. Ah, just ugly to me. Looks, It looks like uh, where they had the flags up at the Washington Monument in, in uh, D.C. That's kind of what it reminds me of. I mean, or it looks it, like something that would be outside the United Nations. Is the fragility look of this trophy, is that just to match the sport? Is that what's going on there? I guess. I don't know. I'm not a fan I, of it. Yeah, no. I don't like that. It's ugly. Sorry. We're going to skip this next one. The next one's the college football rivalry trophies. We're going we're gonna to talk more about that next week. So we're going to s- skip that one. We'll talk more about those next week. Now, here's the gentlemen's and ladies' singles trophies for Wimbledon. The gentlemen's trophy I like. The women's trophy, it almost looks like they're telling you to get back to the kitchen. I'm surprised that somebody has not brought that up and said, this is a tad bit sexist. The giant cup and the chick gets a plate. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I mean, and I'm not trying to be, you know, sexist or or anti-feminist. It it looks like a big serving bowl. It looks like, you know, something that your grandma might have, uh, you know, in the china cabinet somewhere that no one ever uses. But it was something they got maybe when they got married or for an anniversary or something like that, but no one's allowed to touch it. This is what your grandpappy made his first chili with when we were young. Yeah, you, you don't he need... spent Somebody spent $500 on this here plate, but it will never have food touch it in its yeah. entire existence. 
Yeah, it never made sense to me. It's a lady thing. Well, here's one that made the, the list that uh, I'm kind of surprised. The WWE Championship belt. Okay, listen. We all know the big gold is the best belt ever. The Ric Flair heavyweight title. This looks like, I'm sorry, but this looks like a toy. Uh, yeah, I'm not big on the new WWE Championship belts, but uh, I do like the uh, the Ric Flair belt, and I always like the Winged Eagle belt. Those are in the white strap intercontinental title. Those are the three I'm sticking with. Y'all can I'm have not, the rest of them. Yeah, I like I'm the not, European title, too. I'm not particularly enamored with this one. Yeah, sure. we can talk more about wrestling championship belts another time. The uh, Lombardi Trophy. I like the Lombardi Trophy. I do. I'm quite. I'm quite fond of that. I don't mind it, but it is a little bit underwhelming. I think it looks great until the players start touching it, and, and then you can see all the fingerprints. I mean, the football part of it is nice. I like that. I mean, and it is made by a class. I mean, it's a class piece of oh yeah trophy. Like it ain't cheap or anything. It just doesn't seem to live up to the the hype. Uh, no, I, no, I like it. I'm I don't mind, but I don't mind it. It's okay. Let's see here. The Maurice Paldoloff Trophy, which is the MVP award in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like this one. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little, little too artsy for my taste. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks like something you make in ceramics class. I'm just not feeling it. Not feeling even the even the person who wrote this says, "Well, it's better than a boring gold basketball." I'd rather no. have the basketball. Oh, it's not. <laughs> I'd rather have the basketball. And, and the thing I like about trophies, I don't know about you, I'm a big fan of documenting the previous winners on the trophy, which is why I like the Stanley Cup so much, and I like yeah. the IWGP Heavyweight Title for for New Japan Wrestling because on the side plates, the past champions are documented. I love that. To me. That's something that's missing from American sports, really. Outside of the Stanley Cup, you don't see it documented who's won it previously. I mean, it's an awesome trophy to win. Yes, but not something but, I... Won't, but it's you know. not... Yeah, I mean, this is one that, you know, it's on a We're shelf. We're talking over. about aesthetics here. We're not talking yeah, about... Yeah, it, it's on a shelf over the toilet somewhere in, in your cabin or something. <laughs> like well, this one's interesting. The Harley J. Earl Trophy, the NASCAR Trophy, for winning the Daytona 500. I got to be honest. I'm all about this one. I like this one. I'm, I'm kind of torn on this one, man. I'm just not that big. I like I liked the car. The car is uber cool, although it's nothing that ever went around Daytona, I don't think. Yeah, like. true. Um, I, I like do that like they've documented past winners. Yes, like it's got the names on it. Now, the, the the base of it could be a little cooler. It looks like a... Something that you might take the lid off of and get coffee out of, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks like a hand, looks like a hand dryer at the movie theater a little bit. Yeah, or you know, some some type of you know that it's a kitchen appliance or something, a bread maker yeah. maybe, yeah, something like that. But oh, you know about the bread, so yeah, yeah. Oh, I do. So uh... I don't know. I, yeah, you can have that one. Uh, that's but, it, but it's but it, there's worse on this list than this one. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the Barclays Premier League trophy. Look at this sucker. My God. Okay, the, 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 what's got to go about this is the, the ribbons. The ribbons yes. are terrible. So, I mean, look at them. I mean, when you look at them, I mean, it's got like a line there where the guy's hand is. Yeah. 
You know, and it's a big, it's a great big giant thing. I'm all about that, but those blue ribbons have got to go. Well, it says that. here each year the ribbon color changes to reflect the winner of that year's season. I don't like the ribbons though. Not a fan. I'm so, so fan. what? They while the championship is going on, they oh, okay, this is the Premier League. All right. Yes. Okay. Quite often, the the Premier League champion is decided long before the season is over. Yeah. Because there's no playoffs in the Premier League. It's just most points. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh my goodness! The Borg Warner Trophy for the winner of the Indian plus five. Look at the size of that thing! My goodness, that looks like an early attempt of a Warner, a Warner Braun Brown V two rocket. Looks like a uh, looks like an Andre the Giant suppository. Or that? Oh man, that thing's massive. You I know, don't. I I'm not a fan. I'm really not. It's too gaudy looking. Yeah, all the studs on it are like the bumps. I'm now. I mean, I have to assume you don't get that one. Nah. That that there's a replica or a smaller version or something. Because what what would you do with that? Maybe you do. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it's, I don't know, drop it on your enemy out of an airplane, maybe? The winner doesn't actually get to take the trophy home, just a replica. Okay, the actual trophy is housed permanently at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You get your name on it at least. Yeah, so you get your name on it. Those aren't bumps. Those are I think those might be Well, you know what? I don't know what those are. Uh they might be uh um... they, they look like faces kind of. No, but... I think what they are is uh, lug nuts. Oh good lord. That might be what it is. I don't know, I can't tell. I can't All tell. Right. But... Moving on. The, the fact college that it, fact go that it's got Borg in the name makes me think of Star Trek. Yes. The, the college football playoff national championship trophy. What are your thoughts on this one? Do you like it better than the crystal football or not? No, I don't think I do. I I kind of like this trophy. I like. I mean, it. we got a fake football on the top there. I yeah, it replaces the Waterford Crystal Ball Coaches Trophy. I don't what? know that top spot, like where it, you know it comes down to the bottom. It looks like a zipper. I I can see it. I don't know. I like it. I, I think it looks. Mm-hmm. good. I mean, it's big at least. It weighs thirty five pounds, and it is gold. I guess so. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, here we go. Here's now we're gonna start controversy. <laughs> the green jacket from the Masters. It's uh, I think it's cool that you get a green jacket, but I think you should get more than just a green jacket. Uh, <laughs> this is literally all it is, the green jacket. It's. I understand, like it's the tradition. Oh, uh, I love the Masters. By and the way. Masters is awesome. Yeah, no argument from me I there love either. The Masters. Actually, I uh, wait for it here. In yeah, c- c- coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm excited for that. But I'm thinking like that when this thing was first handed out, it was probably really, really cool. But unless you're Irish, <laughs> a leprechaun. Who'd wear this anywhere? I mean, it's not something you'd wear anywhere else. This is it? only something you wear at the green jacket ceremony. <laughs> That's yeah, literally yeah. the only place you'd wear it. Because it's I mean, it, it's ugly. I'm sorry. It's ugly. Yeah. It's an it old design, like with the suit pockets on the front. And yeah. The buttons are big and gaudy look. Yeah, no. It, 
I mean, there's only one guy who could wear this coat and pull it off, Nate. Who, me? That would be Tom Robinson. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, Tom mind Tom. you, he, he wouldn't wear a green one, but. <laughs> That's a different story for a different day. The Heisman Trophy. I mean, it, this is an iconic trophy. Uh, I like it. Uh, it Just because it is what it is, I, it, I like the trophy. I'm not against it, but it looks like it could use a bit of, uh, uh, not updating's not the right word, but it's, it, it could look a little sharper, I think. I don't know. I, I think that's why I like it is because it's not this, it's not a sharp design. It's an old school trophy. I mean, like, I mean, like, like it could, the color of it could be livened up a tiny again, bit. I, again, I like it like that. I, I don't know why. I guess it's just, I, maybe but it's I'm, just something I've seen it for so long and it's etched in me that I just don't want it changed. But I don't have a problem with it either. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it how it is. Well, and then the next one I'm not really going to count, the gold medals, Olympic gold medals. I mean, yeah, I mean, that is what it okay. is. That's... Well, and they don't count because they're different every time. I mean, Yeah, and most of them look good. So Most of them, although I have seen a few that are pretty, like, geez, really? That's what I get for winning yeah. the Olympics? Wow, man. Well, and here's the last one for this is considered the best. The Stanley Cup, I mean, what, what do you say? It, it's the best. It's the best trophy. Well, it's got everything going for it. It's it does. Big. It's got it all. It's big. It's shiny. It's actually a cup, like they say it is. Yep. It's got all the names on it. Yep. It's, it's got history coming out of out the yin yang, and yeah, there's just there isn't much more to be said about it. I mean, what would you change about it? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, here's a few. The here's a few of the ugly ones. The really ugly, ugly ones. Uh, here is one the best footballer in Europe award winner. Uh, I don't know if this has a name to it, but it, it oh my god, it looks like a <laughs> this looks like a, a a mannequin that got broken apart. Uh, here in this picture, Cristiano Ronaldo is holding it, but Lord have mercy, is that a hideous, hideous it looks like, trophy? It looks like you know it was maybe the beginning of, of a player of a, of a diagram of a heart or something, but they stopped yeah. making it. Yeah, it is awful. Here is the Paris Masters winner for tennis. Good Ooh. lord. Good lord. This yeah, looks like who, popsicle sticks glued who together. Came up, although it does appear to have names on it. I like that it has names on it, but that thing is hideous. That looks well, like looks, a really spooky like tree. A, it looks like a thorn bush. Yeah, it, looks like. it does. It, and it, that's what it's inspired by. Why? What's that got to do with the Paris Open? I have no clue. The next one is the Madrid Open. Good Lord, what is that? Well, I told you, it looks like some ancient mace, maybe, like a weapon. Yeah, yeah or, like an old weapon. Or something else that I don't even know. <laughs> I'm not even, not even For those say, of you but... that don't know what we're talking about, I'm sharing the link on our Twitter so you can look at some of these as you listen along. Uh, the other ones, I think, are pretty much self-explanatory, so I won't, I won't share that one, but here is... Uh, I just tweeted out uh, the ugliest sports trophy, so you can follow along. Uh, here's one: the uh, Atlanta Open. It's just a vase. <laughs> and, and, it's just and a red even, vase. Yeah, but not, not even a good one, though. No, I mean, it's not. It's hideous. It's ugly. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Uh, me uh, either. Oh, it goes from bad to worse. You know what you get if you win a race at Martinsville. A clock. 
Okay, but but I'm not against. I mean, I'm not against the clock. I mean, grandfather clocks are fine, but 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 it's just stupid. But, but it's not what you get for winning a motor race. I mean, <laughs> Jeff Gordon standing in this picture, like, man, can I just get an Apple Watch instead? Well, we, His kid- uh... His kids are sitting there looking like, man, really, Dad? A clock? Congratulations on winning the Indianapolis 500, Nathan. Here's your toaster. Yeah, really. Uh, here's your one. This, this, I think this is for cricket. The Warren Merlethian Trophy? Uh, what is going on in this Well, that's, trophy? that is the, you know... They're holding the, the, the cricket ball in, that, that in the hand. From Return yeah. of the Jedi, the Carbonite. Yeah, that's, that's a Carbonite cricket player found in a cave in eastern France. and I, I don't know. The Gin Open. You get this trophy. It looks like either a giant clam or an oversized ashtray. Ugh. Tend to be excited about winning. You can't. You can't even that. pretend to be excited. You can't. This thing is hideous. You know, it's like a bulb of a flower fell yeah, off. I mean, is there some way that we could not get my picture taken with this monstrosity? Yeah, for real. It sort of reminds me of that uh, plant that only blooms once every ridiculous amount of time, and it's really, really smelly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I think of when I see that. I don't know what this next uh, award is for, what sport, but this is called the Paris Robux Trophy, and it's a um, hunk of pop. It's a piece of rock. It looks, I would say, by what he's wearing, it's cycling, possibly. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to ask too many questions, but that's well, a hunk of rock. I'm going to find out because it's my curiosity is up on what. Well, look, up the, look up the Trans-Tasmanaw Trophy, too, if you see this thing. I don't know what in the hell this is. Okay, that one, the rock is for cycling. Okay. Okay, and look up the Trans Tasmanaw Trophy. Are you seeing that trophy? What in the hell, it looks like a space satellite kind of, like except for that. Looks like something you see at a science museum. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm gonna guess that it's from a sport that we're both gonna laugh and go, "Really?" The equestrian. It has to be the equestrian. Let's see here. It is a sport. It is a trophy awarded to the winner of the Australia-New Zealand cricket match. Ah, okay. Well, that thing is hideous. (laughs) Oh, the Mexican Open. It comes from the line down under. The Mexican Open. It's just a giant pear-looking thing. (laughs) What the hell is that? I don't know. A pepper? I mean, it might be, honestly, if you look at it. Like a a bell pepper, maybe? Like a big bell pepper. Oh, goodness. Nice sombrero, that guy's wearing. Uh, We're going to skip this next one. We're going to talk about it next week. That's college football rivalry trophies. And then, of course, the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. Look at that thing. Well, that is clearly a genie lamp. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like it, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. That's what I think of immediately when I see it. Oh, God, that's great. I mean, even I mean, Rory McIlroy's looking at it like, "What in the hell am I holding on to?" Oh, that's wonderful. And the the gentleman from Dubai there, he looks equally like, "How do I hold this? Where do I touch it? Can I touch it?" Not well. Not sure what to do with my hands. Rub (laughs) this thing and see what comes out of it. Well, speaking of not knowing what to do with your hands and rubbing things, you should check out stripcamfun.com. 
right now. Head on over. Our good sponsors at Strip Cam Fun. Go check them out. It's great. They're one of our oldest sponsors. They hook us up. They're good people. Go check them out if you're 18 or older. Let's hear some more from StripCamFun.com. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's stripcamfun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. And thanks to our great sponsors at stripcamfun.com for helping you bring the you again. Thank you, stripcamfun.com. All right, let's shift gears. We talk trophies. We talked NBA. Let's go to the NFL. And uh, apparently, we're not going to talk about. Some of the terribleness that happened last week as we picked against the spread, but we're going to be back at it this week picking but, winners. Back. But that's not let's a full disclosure. Nate Bush nails a three-team parlay. Ah, don't forget it. I did. I did. And then I doubled up on the Chiefs, and that came through, and we're back to the good, baby. Yeah, yeah. So we actually bet on some of our picks, believe it or not. You know, three weeks of hard work has earned us $7. And don't you all forget it either. So there is that. Soon to be gone by the end of by Monday. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but regardless, moving on to the well, let's uh, bizarre week in NFL football. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was really a, a, an interesting uh, interesting week for the NFL. Uh, let's go ahead and start right here. Let's look at week six in the NFL. We'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, the Broncos beat the Patriots 18 to 12. Uh, didn't see that one coming. Did you? No, I seem to recall that we did have some discussion about uh, what, uh, if Newton was going to play, how effective he may or may not be. And it turned out he wasn't particularly effective. No, he really wasn't. So. Uh, it was I mean, not good. One, I, I didn't watch much of this game, but when I'm looking at the uh, box score, it kind of looks like uh, there was a whole lot of not much going on in this game. Yeah, it was, uh, so, it was a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, so with the Broncos, oh, it's a big win for them. Uh, so good on them. Yeah, I mean, you take them where you can get them. All right, next game, uh, Titans beat the Texans in overtime. Now, this one was surprising. This one, it, it was, but this one was a little bit more surprising. This one ended up being uh, in overtime and came down to a, a Romeo Cornell. Um, <laughs> a Romeo Cornell gamble that did not pay off, as the Texans could have went up eight. But instead of kicking the extra point, they decide, uh, 
they decide to uh, go for two to try to put the game away. I mean, first off, who, in all seriousness, who, who before this game starts, if I tell you Ryan Tannehill is going to outthrow Deshaun Watson? I mean, I, I'm, I, you I may, thought that. Okay, <laughs> I would never have thought that. Probably not. And then, and then on top of it, I'm going to tell you, oh, yeah, and also Derrick Henry is going to run for 212 yards. Wow. Now, you might go, okay, sure, he might crack 100, but 200? That's got to be right. I mean, I don't know what the record is for most yards in a game, but there can't be that many over 200-yard-plus rushing games anymore. That's got to be pretty rare. It's it's rare. Derrick Henry does a good job at it. He's, he's probably... Know, what we forgot to talk about was two weeks ago, where he absolutely ragdolled that defensive back with a stiff arm and nearly killed the poor guy. I don't know if you saw that or not, but uh, I, I missed a, that one. Oh, he, he he you know it's a pitch out you know a swing play kind of, and a DB comes up on him, but he's got like forty pounds on the DB and he just flings him like a man would fling a child. It was just like I felt so bad for the defensive back. It was just like Jesus, dude, you just got owned. It was beautiful. Yeah, he's ugh. He, he he's a beast. I mean, let's he's be a, honest here. I mean, and who would have thought after six weeks that the Titans would be five and zero, oh, and the Texans would be one and five? I I did not see. I, I thought the Titans could do well, but not this well. I thought Maybe. Derrick Henry would have an off year. I was wrong. And Ryan Tannehill's found his. Moxie in, in Tennessee because he's been pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He has. Not much more to say about it. Yeah. All right. So, next game the Steelers destroy the Browns 38 to 7. Just that's and the calls And the calls for uh, Baker Mayfield's head continue. I saw a tweet this morning that was like a flow chart where it said, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield sucks. Then it went to he's criticized. Uh, he overperforms against an under uh, on, on, against a shitty team. Repeat. Yeah, that just kind of seems to be what it is. Um, I don't know. It's it's ugh. he has moments of where he looks really good. And then two seconds later, he is just horrible. You know, he's Tony Romo light. <laughs> I hate to say that about my boy Tony. But, uh, I yeah. mean, I mean, are and, you yet, wrong? and yet, and yet, though that being said, the Browns are four and two. It's not like they're. <laughs> it's not like they're horrible. I mean, they're four and two, and they got no, no, to... but they just got destroyed. Yeah, but I mean, Pitts, uh, the Steelers are pretty good. As yeah, the Steelers are very good. As it's turning out, the Steelers are a little bit better than what people thought they might be, at least so far. Yeah, here's, they, they, uh, they're pretty good this year. Believe here, me. check out this Derrick Henry stiff arm. I, I, I Facebooked this to you. you got to see this. I want your, your, your in-real-time comments of this play. Okay, let's see here. Oh, wait, I did see this. Never mind. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that. It was still, ooh. 
Yeah, he just destroys them. Cobra Kai, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Anyhow, yeah. moving on. All right, next game. Ravens 30, Eagles 28. Eagles tried to pull a big comeback here. Ravens did everything they could to hand it to them in the fourth quarter, but even they, the Eagles couldn't take advantage of it entirely. Yeah, they really tried, and it just didn't happen. Um, but, yeah, it was it was close. Close ball game there. I know that was one that we took on the parlay uh, for Baltimore just to win. Thank God we did because uh, they did uh, not cover. No, they did not cover, and there was – I mean, they gave up what twenty plus points in the fourth quarter. I mean, I yeah. I thought they were going to lose. I it, it was close. I mean, it was close. That would have been a big win for the Eagles if they could have pulled that off. They, I mean, the Ravens did not deserve to win that game. Just no, my, no, they um, didn't. But they 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 pulled it off though. Uh, speaking of not deserving to win a game, the Giants played the Washington football team. Giants win twenty nineteen. Just. I, I mean, how many times have you seen in the history of modern football when a quarterback throws for 112 yards in a game and his team wins? Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. But Daniel Jones, just keep, uh, all they do is lose, lose, lose. But I try, I try. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he just... I, I don't know. It's just like neither of those franchises wants to win anything. They, it's just so bad. I mean, I mean, again, I mean, in a modern day football game, when does your, when is your total yards rushing better than your total yards passing? Yeah. You know, it just uh, it doesn't, doesn't happen, happen often. It doesn't have well, and the worst part is Daniel Jones. I mean, they ran two. Daniel Jones ran for seventy four of those. It wasn't yeah. even a running back doing it. <laughs> but I guess that tells you how much how bad their offensive line must be. That he's running for his life all the time. It can't be fun playing for for either of these two teams. But then again, it's probably not very much fun playing for anybody in the NFC East. No, not at all. Um, all right, the Falcons beat the Vikings forty to twenty-three. Falcons get their first win of the season. And now the the call goes out: Was the team really that bad, or was the coach just a bonehead? I think the team's still that bad. <laughs> well, the, yeah, uh, yeah. The, I mean. The Vikings were are at one and five, so it's not like beating them is really. Yeah, I mean beating the Vikings is eh, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, Vikings and, and Falcons down this year. It's rough, rough yeah. year for those two teams. Only bright spot I saw in that game was uh, Justin Jefferson from the Vikings. Looks Boy, like he's a, he's special. That kid. he looks like the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, he is, he is a special player. That is for sure. All right, here we go. The Lions, Lions, defeat the Jaguars, 34-16. Swift, the first Detroit rookie with 100-plus yards rushing and two touchdowns since 1989. And again, our, our uh, great eye for football talent has continues to watch Gardner Minshew do not much. 
Yep, as I told you. Just not a... And again, you know, another one where... I know that the stats don't tell you everything, but when your quarterback is 25 of 44 for 243, which is not that great, and then you can only run the ball for 44 yards, you're not winning very many NFL games. Just just not happening. Yeah, not happening at all. Uh, The Colts beat the Bengals, and the Bengals gave up a big lead here. Colts were down by 21 and came back and won this one. Uh, The Colts... uh, They just couldn't put this one away. They had it. The Bengals had it, and they just couldn't finish. Well, they, I believe there was a late game. Uh, I want to say, if memory serves me correctly, they were close to scoring, and there was a late interception that finished it off. Yeah. That, that they had actually managed to, to march back down the field, but they, they blew it at the, at the end. And you know, Joe Burrow's still, still He's learning. still young. Bengals still are, are, but the Bengals are heading in the right direction. I think we can say that. Well, at least well, at least the games they're losing, they're they're kind of remind me of Arizona from last year. Yeah, they're not always winning, but they're not getting killed when they lose. Yeah, they're they're a team. You, if you play them, you better take them seriously. Yeah, if you don't bring your A game, you might get you might find yourself on the short end. But all right, um, Bears Panthers Bears win again, twenty three sixteen. The Bears legit? No. <laughs> no, oh, they're not. Really, really no, the division? They're, they're not. But they're not. I mean, okay. Yeah. Again, well, let's. I mean, examine it a smidgen bit closer. All right. Yeah. They beat Detroit. Fine. Okay. They beat the Giants. That don't count. They beat <laughs> the. They beat the Falcons. That don't count. So I'll take away two of their wins. Okay. They lost to in, they lost to Indianapolis. They lucked out against Tampa Bay. And that could that game could have went either way. They just got lucky. They won by point, and they barely beat them. I mean, the Panthers. I'll give them credit for beating the Panthers. So really, only two wins to talk about there. Really, let's see what the let's see what the Bears do when they play the Steelers or somebody like that. But they don't play them this year. So yeah. Uh, well, moving on. Buccaneers 38, Packers 10. Woo, what a win for my Bucks. Yeah, and you know, when it started out, it looked like it was going to be a beatdown. By the Packers. Ten, yeah, it was 10 nothing, and it looked like, okay, this is going to get ugly because the Tampa Bay couldn't do anything. Well, and, then, and, then, and then it did get ugly. And then, well, you know, again, there, there was some talk about Aaron Rodgers. Not that he's washed up or anything, but he's lost, like, at least at that game anyway. He, he threw, what, one pick six? Damn near threw another one. He had, yeah. no, touch, he had no touchdown passes. Yeah. He finished, he, the, he finished in one league I was in with negative fantasy points. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was only he was 16 of 35. He wasn't even 50% passing. No yards to speak of. Like, it was not much of a – I mean, is, is Tampa Bay's defense just that good? I mean, they've done a decent job this year. I mean, I've actually really liked what I'm seeing from the defense. Um, are they as good as they were Sunday? I don't know. I think they're going to have to – I mean, if I, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season the 
Green Bay Packers are going to play Tampa Bay, and Green Bay's not going to get 200 total yards in the game. I wouldn't have believed it. You would have said, "Oh, what? Give me some of what you're smoking yeah, there." Too, I, so. I'd have took. I would have. T- I would have taken that bet. I would yeah, have definitely. So, taken that. I mean, say what you want. Tom Brady. I mean, statistically, was not that great. But he didn't make a mistake. But he gets it done when he needs to, and that winning thing is rubbing off on that team. Those guys. Well, they believe in him. Those guys figure, hey, hey, we can actually win this. And they did. So good for them. Good to see Tampa Bay doing something. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they've been bad for a long time. So Yeah, I know. <laughs> How bad have they been? Anyway. Uh, pretty bad. Uh, all right. Dolphins beat the Jets 24-0. How Adam Gase hasn't got fired yet is beyond me. I, 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 I don't know. The team doesn't like him. Uh there's all kinds of rumblings about what's going on behind the scenes there. They now have the awesome distinction of being the only team that hasn't won yet this year. They're 0-6 uh, for the second time ever in franchise history. Well, and what's worse is they they haven't been close. No. No, they've been getting killed. Like they've been getting smacked around by everybody, and again... Okay, lost to Buffalo. All right, Buffalo's pretty decent. 49ers, so-so. Colts, not really that good. Broncos, not really that good. Colts are 4-2. and two. Cardinals, so-so. Dolphins, what, 3-3? Three and three? Haven't really yeah. pl- I mean, their, their life's about to get a lot worse because they've got Buffalo, KC. they got to play the Dolphins again. Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> not looking good. And it's not looking good for them. I mean... I don't know what the, I, I don't know what the answer is in New York, but there's being a football fan in the state for New York has got to not be very much fun right now. Like being a basketball <laughs> fan in New York. All right, let's move on here. Uh, Rams Niners, the late game on Sunday. Niners bounce back. Armando, your boys get a win, twenty four sixteen. Yeah, Jimmy G had a pretty good game. Defense played yeah. pretty good. So uh, you could tell the Niners were happy to have Jimmy G back. They didn't look so confused as they did two weeks ago. Uh, Monday, Chiefs-Bills. Good game here. Chiefs win 26-17. Again, you know, the Chiefs just, they just kind of hang in there. You know, it was, what, 13-10 at the half. Pretty even game. Yeah, yeah, and Bills were in there. They were in there. And again, though, you know, the Chiefs just don't really make a whole lot of the Chiefs did it on the ground in this one. They ran the ball very effectively. For a whole pile of yards. Yeah, they just don't make... 245 yards. Yeah, I mean, no interceptions. Uh, just what they do. One turnover, but but no points off that turnover. Like, when they do goof, it tends to not end up on the scoreboard. And they know when they got... I mean, and the Holmes didn't have a particularly great game. No, they actually did a good job covering the pass. It was Edward Talier that made them but live then, uh, He uh, and either did, uh, ran the ball so, so effectively. Uh, Josh Allen couldn't do anything right for Buffalo. Yeah, he was having a rough day. Yeah, he, he didn't have a good night. So that's, I mean, okay, Buffalo takes the loss there. But if you're a Bills fan, you got to go, okay, well, first of all, it was to the Chiefs. And second of all, we didn't really play that good. So. They're four and two. They're four and two. And we're I still four. Like yeah. And we're four and two, which is a lot better than we've been in recent memory. So yeah. 
Well, let's talk about the other Monday night game. Cardinals 38, <laughs> Cowboys 10. Ooh. Yeah, and seven of those came at the end of the game. Yeah, so Gar- it was really 38-3. to three. Um, The Dallas Cowboys defense is so absolutely bad that they can't stop anybody because uh, Kyler Murray was horrible. Yeah, he didn't play well. He was horrible. And but they <laughs> 261 yards given up on the ground. Uh, they couldn't stop the run. They, there was nothing they could do. Uh, Dallas is just bad. And without their quarterback, they could on occasion just outscore their shitty defense. But with Andy Dalton at the helm, that's not happening. And if you're a Dallas fan, which unfortunately I am, it's going to be a long year in Big D. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, while we got a second here, let's run over and get our picks in for this week. Get your pen and paper ready, and we'll see how good we do this week. Against the spread, you ready, Tim? I am ready. All right. Thursday night game. New Philadelphia Eagles. Half. This is How in is Philly. How is it possible that the over-under on this game is minus five? <laughs> I'm taking the under. <laughs> uh, I, I think I got to take the Eagles. No Miles Sanders this week. But man, New York is bad. But, but New York is bad. I'm going to take Philly as well. I don't, I don't like it, but I'm going to take them. Yeah, I, if I got to take somebody, it's the Eagles. All right. Uh, Carolina, New Orleans. And this is at New Orleans, Carolina, plus seven and a half. Boy, Panthers didn't play very well last week. You don't know what team's going to show up for them. You just don't. Yeah, I guess uh, guess I'll take Drew Brees at home. Yeah, me too. Me too, unfortunately. This is a game I wish both teams could lose. All right, our next game. Green Bay at Houston. Green uh, Houston plus three against the Packers. Jesus, I have to think that Green Bay bounces back from their dismal showing. Yeah, I have to agree. So I think I'll take Green. I'll take the yeah, Green Bay. I, I think you're going to see a more motivated Aaron Rodgers this week against Houston, and uh, Houston's defense has not been known for being tough. So I'll take Green Bay as well. Buffalo at the Jets. The Jets, yeah. The Jets, 13 and a half point favorites. I just don't think it's enough. I think it I gotta take it I think I gotta take I think I gotta take Buffalo. Hey, you'd have to go to 20. I'm telling you. I'm taking Buffalo. Minus yeah, 13. I, gotta, I think I gotta take Buffalo. So yeah. Atlanta or Detroit at Atlanta. Detroit plus two against the Falcons. Well, the Falcons looked better, but uh yeah yeah i mean boy this is like two teams that really aren't very good you know what i'm gonna take atlanta at home i'm taking detroit on the road i like the uh like the two there i think this could be a one point ball game it's possible that also could be a minus in the over under the battle for ohio cleveland and cincinnati cincinnati plus three and a half they're playing at paul brown stadium in cincinnati I still like Cleveland. Yeah, Cincinnati's not quite there yet. I'll take Cleveland. The Dallas Cowboys at the Washington football team. 
it's a pick them dead even. I definitely figure you got to take the under in this game, right? I would assume. I don't know what the over under Four, is. Forty six. Yeah, you got to take the under. Okay, I think you got to take the under. Uh, Dallas is a one point favorite. No, it's even. Well, this uh, ESPN's got a Dallas minus one, but I got okay, it as even. So. All right, well, even, even. Um, boy, I still think. Yeah, I, I think the Cowboys can beat Washington. Washington's that bad. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Dallas as well. Pittsburgh is at Tennessee. Now this one's gonna be good. Pittsburgh plus one. I like Tennessee, but I like Pittsburgh more. I don't think Derrick Henry is going to have the game that he had against uh, Hugh that he had last week. That he's going to give against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense is pretty hard. Yeah, they, they aren't. Yeah, they're not running up no five hundred, six hundred no. yards against Pittsburgh. No, they're gonna they're gonna dare Ron Tannehill to beat them. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Fair enough. Seattle at Arizona. Arizona plus three and a half. This should be a really good game, but I'll take Seattle. I'll take Seattle as well. I think Arizona's, uh, they're close. They're just not there yet. All right. Kansas City at Denver. Denver plus 10 and a half in Mile High Stadium. You know, the Chiefs have been winning, but, you know, they haven't really been slaughtering anybody. No, no, they haven't. Like... Ten and a half is a lot of points. You know, nine against Buffalo. They lost to the Raiders a week before that. They only beat the Chargers by three points. This is a, this is a close one. Oh, yeah. I still got to take the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs, too. I got to go with the Chiefs. Yeah. All right, San Francisco at New England. San Fran plus two. I'll take San Francisco. I will take New England. At home, Belichick does not lose two in a row very often. Uh, no, but this isn't. Uh, this is not the same. I, Patri- I I don't care. It's not the same Patriots team. I don't, I don't care. I'm taking New England. All right, uh, Charger Jacksonville at Chargers. Jacksonville plus nine. Well, you know, I am just a big Kylie Bear fan, so I will take Sandy. Actually, you know what? I take it back. Uh, not nine. I looked at that wrong. It's plus seven and a half for Jacksonville. I'm okay, well, then I'm definitely taking San Diego. Yeah, I'll take the Chargers as well. Sunday night football. Tampa Bay is in Las Vegas. Oh, it's the Gruden Bowl. Yes, plus three and a half to the Raiders. Uh, I like Tampa Bay. I don't care. Suck it, Gruden. Tampa Bay. And the Monday night game, Chicago is at the Rams. The Bears are plus six on the road. (sighs) Oh, blow. There's what I think of that game. Um, Yeah, that's your Monday night uh, game. Bears, uh, I'll take the Rams. Bears finally don't get it done. Man, I'm going with the Bears. They just find a way. And with six points, I'm going to take the Bears. I just can't. You know, it's it's the bottom. If the Rams win, if the Rams win, I could see the Rams winning by three. So I'm taking the I'm taking the the Bears. No, I can't bet for Bogus's team. I just can't do it. <laughs> not even Notre Dame, huh? No, oh God, no, definitely not Notre Dame. Oh man, you poor poor thing. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we'll do. 
Let's take a quick time out and hear from our good friends over at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. And when we come back, Tim and I are going to look at some NFL rules that might surprise you with a couple of scenarios here. So we're going to have some fun with this. We'll be right back right after this. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Thanks again to our great sponsors at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They got all kinds of new stuff coming out, new posters, new Funko Pops. Do you see the uh, the Black Sabbath Funko Pop they're getting in? You yeah, see that? I oh, did. So cool. I, I did, but I just got to wonder about, like, Funko Pops is really, like, scraping the barrel for who they're making. I don't know. They're pretty cool. I like them. I, no, I saw they had a Luchador line. <laughs> they better have a Laparka. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I didn't see a Laparka. I didn't. They make a Laparka Funko. I'm buying that immediately. They make a Laparka Funko. I'll buy you one for Christmas. <laughs> you know, I've got a handful of Funko Pops. I've got a Bret. Obviously, somebody brought bought me a Bret Hart one uh, for as a birthday gift one time. I've got a Bray Wyatt one. Hey, did I not purchase you a Funko Pop? No. I thought, yes, I did. You tried I tried to. You just, I thought they, I bought you a Timberwolf guy. That wasn't a Funko Pop. Well, what was that? That was a that was a Carlington Towns like uh, bear thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. So. <laughs> Still got it. Uh, but no, um, right, I've got right. I got a ghost Funko Pop. Oh, with, I know. Shut up. Uh, I got the Bret Hart one, the Bray Wyatt one, and somebody bought me a Heisenberg Funko Pop from Breaking Bad, and I have one from Mr. Bean, where he has the turkey stuck on his head. <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big Mr. Bean. Fan. Oh yeah, okay, Mr. Bean, I'm okay. Did they make like uh, porn star Funko Pops? I have no idea. If they do, Tom Robinson's got the entire collection. Yeah, if they do, Tom Robinson's probably one of the Funko Pops. Tom Robinson has done some terrible things to that Christy Canyon Funko Pop. (laughs) And that Ron Jeremy one. Oh, well, Ron Jeremy when they had to to pull it out of line. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ron's got himself in a heap of trouble. Oh, Ron. Oh, Ron. All right, anyway. Let's, uh, (laughs) you know, we we were... I sent you a clip the other day of an NFL rule that I did not know existed. Uh, apparently, and this this may go for some of you out there. Some of you may be going, well, God, Nate, how did you not know that, you moron, you dumbass? I did not know 
that when you call for a fair catch, you can actually elect to take a try at a field goal on a punt. I had no clue. Well, I can't so, imagine that it's very often that you're signaling for a fair catch in field goal range. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. is It doesn't happen very often, but apparently you can call for a fair catch and you get what's called a free kick where the other team has to stand, what is it, 10, 15 yards back, and you, the holder gets to hold the ball, and you, the kicker, get to line up and try to try to make it from wherever the ball was. Like, yeah, it'd be oh. like kicking a kickoff. Yeah, but no, you can't use the tee. You have to have the holder. Well, no, but as far as like the play is, there's nobody's rushing the kicker. Yeah, you're not there's getting no rushed. Yeah, it's not going to be blocked, more than likely, unless you just kick it strictly at their face. <laughs> But again, this was a rule that I didn't know existed. And me and my brother-in-law were talking the other night about, you know, NFL officials and and how they're looking to to become more not so much unionized, but they're trying to to get guys to become professional referees now, not just as a as a, a thing anymore. So apparently um there is a rule out there. I'm going to set you a scenario here. I want to see if you can answer this, and then I've got an NFL, like a little NFL referee trivia quiz here that we can try and uh, we can try here. All right, all right. So let me set this first one up for you. Two point conversion attempt. Okay, the team goes for it for two. They hike the ball. Quarterback or running back takes off running, fumbles the ball. Ball comes to rest at the 35 before anybody, or ball comes to rest at the three before anybody can get to it. Okay. Defensive player tries to dive on the ball, knocks the ball through the back of the end zone. What's the call from the official? Well, normally that would be a, a touchback, would it? That's not? what I thought. No. Apparently, in the NFL, that is a one-point safety. There is such a thing as a one-point safety in the NFL. Has that ever happened in the history of the NFL? If it's happened, I ain't seen it. So, I'll tell you that. It may have happened. I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really it's really interesting. No, because that doesn't take... I mean, that doesn't happen if you, like, if, well, I guess it's a little bit different, but, like, if you block an extra point, that doesn't happen. No, but it happens on a, it, it goes out of the defensive team's end zone. Okay, but if you, let's say you blocked an extra point, isn't it, as soon as anybody touches it, the ball is dead, isn't it? So, here, here's the thing. Team A attempts two-point conversion. Quarterback fumbles the ball while trying to hand off. Ball rolls parallel to the goal line, coming to rest on the three. Defensive lineman tries to land on the ball. He forces it instead into the end zone where it rolls out of bounds. The call is a one-point safety. Team A kicks off from the 35. On any other play from scrimmage, that is not an extra point attempt. The play described is a safety on the defense. Because the defense forced the ball into its own end zone, that makes the dead ball in the end zone a safety. On a conversion attempt, you'd score two points from what would be an ordinary touchdown. One point would be for a 
field goal, or for a two-point conversion. So that's the rule. Okay, but what is the rule like on a normal play if you fumble and the defense knocks the ball out of the end zone? It's a touchback, isn't it? I believe, um, I'm not 100% on that. The, the mm. reason they're saying that is because the ball came to rest and then the defense hit it. So what? <laughs> I don't see why that matters. I, that's the rule. Uh, 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 yeah, right, I'm not on the rules committee. Another so. scenario for you. Another scenario. First and goal from Team B's five. Quarterback throws a pick, which is caught by the corner at the three-yard line. He then runs parallel to the sideline. No player on the team would be able to catch him. So a player out of bounds on the bench runs onto the field and tackles him at the 40-yard line. What's the call, and where do you spot the ball? It should be an automatic touchdown. Correct. You spot the ball for the extra point conversion try. This is a touchdown awarded due to the Palpable Unfair Act. Apparently, this did happen in the 1954 Cotton Bowl. Because the runner is in, unimpeded to the end zone, the only etiquette calls to award the touchdown. Now, I did see once, and that probably would they have been... They actually called it... They called it against uh, Mike Tomlin when he tripped the... Uh, yeah, and I did see it once, didn't... I want to say it was, it was in college, and I think it was Woody Hayes. Yeah. Punched a guy. <laughs> now, seriously, that, the guy, it was an interception, and he was running down the sideline, and he reached out and kind of clotheslined him, punched him, sort of. Oh, that'll, that'll get the job done, will it not? It, it did, but... All right, here, here's this. It's fourth and two from the 18 for Team B, or, or for Team A. Team A kicks a 35-yard field goal that passes cleanly through the uprights. Before the ball touches the net, a gust of wind blows the ball back through the uprights and the ball lands in the end zone where player B picks up the ball and runs to the 15-yard line. Where do you spot the ball and what's the rule? Well, by my brain, the minute it crosses the plane of the field goal thing, that play is over. It's a field goal, so it should be... You should be kicking off like you normally would. Incorrect. The field goal is no good. Oh, bullshit to that. That's the rule. What team a B dumbass ball, rule. Team B ball, first and 10 at the 15. A field goal is considered good once the ball touches any object beyond the uprights after going between the goal posts. In this case, the field goal is no good because of the wind. The closest this has ever come to happening in the NFL was in 2007 when Phil Dawson of the Browns kicked a field goal at the end of regulation against the Ravens. His kick went off the upright and changed direction as it went through the goalpost. After it cleared the goal opening, the ball bounced off the support arm of the goalpost. The ball then returned through the goalpost and landed in the end zone. At the time, this play was not reviewable, but it was made reviewable in the offseasons. The crew determined the ball had touched the upright, and that meant the ball had contacted an object beyond the goal, and it was a dead ball and a field goal. That is clearly the dumbest effing rule I have I, ever heard. I'm not. I am the messenger. I'm okay. just saying that is. Re- I mean, right. why? So if you could like get Darth Vader behind the yeah, goalposts, hey, hey, <laughs> <it'd> be available. <laughs> Hold that thing up. More than five. Team A is in field goal formation. The holder mishandles the snap and attempts to run the ball. 
seeing he'll likely be tackled before he gets a chance to get a first down. He drops the ball straight down, and the point of the ball touches the 11-yard line. Now, remember, this took place from the 12. The entire ball is beyond the line of scrimmage. The the holder kicks the ball as soon as the point touches the ground with the heel of his non-kicking foot on the line of scrimmage. The ball goes through the uprights. What's the call? I have no idea. It can't be a field goal. It's a successful field goal. It is a drop kick. In order to have a valid drop kick attempt, a part of the kicker's body must be on or behind the line of scrimmage at the time of the kick. Therefore, the ball could be across the line while the kicker's plant foot remains on the line. The rule book was revised in 91 to close a loophole that allowed a player to attempt a drop kick from anywhere on the field, including beyond the line of scrimmage and during kickoff returns. Drop kicks are a staple of Sandlot football playbook. While they're still in the rule book, it is rare in the NFL. And the last one that was ever successfully done was by Patriots quarterback Doug Flutie in the last game of his career before he retired. Another stupid rule. And the drop kick, that was the one that was actually successful. The one before that, the last one before that was in 1941. Mind you. I would like to see the guy who can fumble the ball forward a yard and have it laying on the turf without a tee and kick it through the uprights. Very (laughs) true. That would be pretty impressive. All right. Last one here for you. All right. Fourth and 17. Team A kicks the ball. It's a 50-yard field goal. And player B is standing inbounds underneath the uprights. He times a jump to knock the ball away, which would have gone through the uprights. Player B does not touch the goal, and the uprights lands back in bounds. The ball bounces out of bounds in the end zone, but never goes through the uprights. What's the call? Touchback. It's a goal tent. The kicking team has two options. They can take the field goal as a part of the palpably unfair act or take a 15 yard foul from the line of scrimmage and an automatic first down. If they choose to take the field goal, the 15 yard penalty is not carried forward to the kickoff because the penalty is used up to award the score. There have been instances of players leaping from under the goalpost, but since no one has yet contacted the ball, no goaltending foul has ever actually been obsessed in the NFL. I mean, and now you can't even jump uh, or use a player to jump to block a field goal at the line anymore. Yeah. They've, they've, uh, that's illegal now, too. Yeah, so. they've, they've outlawed that, too. I guess what would stop you from building a wall in front of the... Exactly. That's, that's kind of... <laughs> just three guys high and just knock everything down. I mean, that's, that's the thing, but that that's just some NFL rules. There's some weird rules from sports... Um, I'm looking here at a couple of them. Uh, apparently in the U S polo association rule book, polo players must hold their mallets in their right hands. You cannot have a left-handed polo player. It's probably, <laughs> well, there might be an, a more logical reason for that. Maybe like that, well, that they don't want guys like trying to switch hands. So there's not mallets going up. You know, there's probably enough mallet swinging as it is in that sport without. Besides, it's a sport of gentlemen. Only a, only a, only a lower-class citizen would be left-handed, Nathan. And apparently, the, there is a rule about catching the ball with your hat in baseball. Uh, you're not allowed to do that at all. 
If you do, the batter is automatically awarded a triple. A triple. Yes. So if you pop one up in the infield and you try to get it with your hat, you could be guy. Man, boy, boy, that could really put uh, a damper on some betting. Here's some NHL. Uh, high sticking is a minor penalty that sends a player to the penalty box for two minutes, but high sticking that results in an injury, refs can assess a double minor, which means four minutes in the box. What constitutes an injury? The rule book doesn't specifically no. say blood, but it's pretty no. much blood. But you can even get a you can get a five minute penalty for high sticking. Yeah, uh, here's one that's still it's a thing in high school, and I've seen it actually occur. I don't know so much about NCAA. It's rule four one. When the final twenty minute countdown begins before tip off of a college basketball game, this usually happens when players are in the middle of their first warm ups. Players are no longer allowed to dunk. You got Kansas State into trouble once when a walk-on dunked in the layup line two seconds after the clock started running. Because we and that don't. led and that led to the other team taking a one-zero lead before the game had even started because you get two technical foul free throws. Yeah, we that. don't want anybody to bring down a backboard, and it takes more than twenty minutes to replace one, or Basically. we don't have, or we don't have one at all, and so yeah, that ain't going down. I understand okay. that rule. So there's another NHL rule that you could probably help me with. All right. If a team pulls a goalie in overtime, it forfeits the right to one point that comes with an overtime loss. This is a necessary rule when there were no shootouts and teams could have theoretically pulled the goalie for an extra attacker with no consequences. Now with the shootout looming, there's almost no reason to do it, except perhaps as a late season Hail Mary to avoid said shootout. I don't know why you would ever want to pull your goalie in overtime. I guess the the rule was to get an extra attacker. Well, you, that's okay, but you do. But with no goalie in the net, you're pretty much guaranteed yeah. to give up a goal, and you're going to yeah. lose. Yeah, I don't understand that one either. Yeah, that doesn't. Apparently, make sense. in baseball, another rule: you can have an up the middle foul ball. You ever heard of this? No, this is a new one to me. When when the line drive up the middle hits the pitching rubber. If a ball isn't touched by a fielder and carooms from the rubber to foul territory along the first or third base pass, it's a foul ball. So yeah, the, and yet that's weird because if a ball hits a base, like going down the line and hits a base and goes foul, it's fair. Apparently. I believe, unless I've got that backwards, which I might. <laughs> oh my God, this is a thing. <laughs> this, I can't believe this is a thing. I don't know. This may have been changed. <laughs> the European Chess Union Regulation 13.2. <laughs> European Chess Union decreed that women wearing shirts or blouses may only have the second from the top button open during competition. Oh, well, no, that makes perfectly It was the anti-cleavage rule. Yeah, no, that's... I mean... Even nerds get this distracted by a cleavage. Oh, that's funny. That that's, is really funny. That might be the Robinson rule. Apparently, this is a tennis rule. If a player's hat accidentally falls off or a ball falls out of the pocket, then the point is replayed as a distraction is considered a hindrance. So apparently, that's a thing. I didn't know that. That cleavage rule, that might be related to that guy from CNN who got caught on that Zoom Well, call. Well, you know. 
All right. That's some weird sport rules. I, I, I like stuff like that. I, I imagine that, there's probably even more of them if you started. Oh, yeah. I mean, I may look into some more to see what other ones we can dig up. But I mean, that's just there, a few of them. There's got to be some that like, oh, you know, where somebody has said, well, that this could theoretically happen. So yeah. we better have a rule to cover it, even though it's probably never going to happen. Yeah, you're probably right. So the much I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if the listeners really enjoyed that segment, but I think stuff like that is cool. I, I love, I love stuff like that. Since when have we cared whether anybody enjoys what we're talking about? Uh, also, apparently, my son is now saying "cool." He says things are cool. So yeah, I still maintain you must teach him how to say "well lit." Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, Daddy, what Kate? That's well lit. You, you, see, would, the you oh. see the video of uh, see the video of him rocking out to Rush the other day. Mm, yeah, I felt for the kid. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got one more segment to go. It's I mean, all I saw, I saw Cade, and then I saw somebody else there in the back, and I thought, man, that's a handicap bus. Oh God. <laughs> well, we got one more segment to go. And we're going to talk about unsolved mysteries coming up right after we hear from our good friends at stay classy meats, check them out. Stayclassymeats.com for all of your meat needs. Go hit them up. Stay classy meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code wide men to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality product out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. Whatever happened to sweet Jimmy Robinson? A boxer who was known for fighting Cassius Clay in the early 60s and would end up out on the streets. At some point, he vanished into thin air, and nobody has ever really been able to find out what happened. This week, we look at what possibly could have happened, and where could Sweet Jimmy Robinson be, as we investigate this week on Wide Men Can't Jump's Unsolved Mysteries. Thanks again to Stay Classy Meats, our wonderful and gracious sponsor. But now we're gonna look at whatever happened to sweet Jimmy Robinson. You ever heard this uh, Heard this name, Tim? Could be someone's cousin. Well, apparently sweet Jimmy Robinson was the fourth fight of some fame. He was a boxer. Mm-hmm. He, now, you're not going to hear about his uh, boxing record very often. Eight and 25 was his uh, record. Your but daughter? he was the fourth fight of a famous boxer. You may have heard of a guy named Cassius Clay. 
No, I don't know who he is. Apparently, he was the fourth fight of one Cassius Clay. So, and what was his uh, record when he fought Cassius Clay? Eh, not very good. <laughs> okay, I just wondered if that was the reason for the eight and twenty-five. Well, okay. he was he fought Cassius Clay in Miami Beach on February seventh, nineteen sixty-one. He was a last-minute replacement for Willie Galt. He became Ali's fourth professional opponent. And he's originally from Kansas City. He was a middleweight boxer who fought up didn't, to have... Uh, didn't Willie Galt play for the Bears? I think he did. That name, yeah, that sounds like a football yeah. name to me. He was managed by Clyde Killens, a local pool hall owner, and he often was used as a last-minute <laughs> sub on Chris Dundee promotions in Miami-Dade County and was used as a stepping stone for up-and-coming South Florida prospects. He trained at the famed Fifth Street Gym and lived in Miami. February 7th, 1961, Cassius Clay was scheduled to fight Willie Galt in Miami Beach. And according to Galt promoter Chris Dundee, Angelo Dundee's brother, offered Clay $800 and offered Galt only $300 for the fight. Galt refused, didn't show up, instead opting to go out drinking. (laughs) Dundee then enlisted Robinson to fight Clay. Robinson showed up at the Miami Convention Hall, his gear and an old army bag. Clay outweighed him by 16 and a half pounds and won by knockout at 1 minute 34 seconds in the first round. Robinson fought for seven more years while compiling a record of 8 and 25. He was knocked out 16 times. He retired from boxing in 63 and became a fixture in the local pool halls and street corners in Liberty City. In 68, he did come out of retirement to fight Kent Green in Miami. At the time, Green was the only fighter to have a TKO win over Muhammad Ali, and that was when Muhammad Ali was an amateur. Green stopped Robinson in under a minute. Now, this seems like an average story, right? This is where it gets interesting. 1979, Sports Illustrated writer-photographer Michael Brennan tracked down Robinson in Miami for what is known as his last interview to date. Robinson claimed he only weighed 158 pounds for his fight with Ali and not 178 like he had said. He also stated that he and Ali were good friends and he would drive him around in Ali's pink Cadillac. He said he was last saw Ali in 70 in 67. Since this interview, Robinson's whereabouts have become unknown. In 2009, ESPN sports writer Wright Thompson wrote an article about his sixth year attempt to find Robinson in an overtown district of Miami and no success. Ali collector Steven Singer has spent a number of years searching for Robinson. Singer actually is collecting autographs of, of all of Ali's po- opponents. He has 49 of 50. Robinson's the one that he doesn't have. So this guy just kind of vanished into thin air. Apparently, they're, they, they've been looking for him. He ended up being homeless. And there is a story about him on ESPN. And nobody knows what happened to him. He just vanished. Nobody knows. Everybody assumes he's obviously dead now. But this guy absolutely vanished without a trace. They don't know where he's buried, if he is buried. And here in, in the article, where the hell did he go? They can't find him anywhere. They can't find where he was buried, what happened to him. Nobody has a clue where he's been or where he's buried. Nothing. There's nothing. I'm going to share this... Uh, article on twitter right now so you can check it out when you get a chance but yeah this um it's weird because he just uh he just up and vanished 
if he was a homeless, it's possible he could have John. You know, he could have died and been John Doe somewhere. And possibility, yes. That nobody knew who. You know, no ID. And back then, street. You know, hell, even now, street people die, and nobody really makes any effort to find out who they are. So, yeah, I don't know. That's it's kind of. I mean, it's a bit odd, for sure. I mean, you would. Ah! Oh, Jesus, Nate. I'll get back with you in a minute. Go ahead. I, I had nothing more to say. I just was wondering why. Well, again, that's that's the so story of, of Jimmy Robinson. So that's a one I think we need to. I might, I might do a little more reading on that. That's interesting. Um, Ed Bogus just tagged you and I on Twitter. Literally, uh, an oldie but a goodie shirt that I still rock. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's oh Bogus. I don't know about you, buddy. Uh, the trophy husband, Ed Bogus, ladies and gentlemen. So it's just like. <laughs> that's great. How even, like, do you have to buy that yourself? No, Whitney bought it for him. How do you know this? I'm just assuming. I don't know. I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't, maybe he did buy it for himself. I don't know. Bogus, come clean. Did you pick that up for yourself? <laughs> we got to know, Bogus. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that was funny. That was funny. Absolutely magnificent. Uh, we do want to give uh, another good shout out to uh, all of our friends out there. Armando, hope you're doing well, our friend. Uh, good, the Hoffs, always great to hear from them. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott Roberts doing his thing over on eBay with the sports deals. Go check him out. We plugged him before. Keep checking him out. Scott's doing good stuff over there out in Arizona. Uh, TR, we actually, uh, semi heard from TR the other day. So he's, uh, hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit, like old TR would do. So might have to, might have to start up those Tom Robinson sightings again. Yeah. Tom Robinson has been cited yet again. So, uh, good for him. Good to, good to hear still from you. Yeah, still alive. He has not become a, a John We've heard from Sideshow Jeff, who's checked in. And he's always asking about the show. Uh, a lot of, lot of people checking in, so it's good to hear from him. Good to, to hear from the listeners. Of course, Bogus checks in every every week or so. We, we love hearing from him. I'm and, looking uh, forward to the Giada report. Oh, yes. It's always good to get an update on Giada. No, no, no. I mean the Giada report. Like, the hell with the Bogus report. I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to the Giada report, where... You know, she gives her comments on our great podcast. Tells Probably us not allowed work. to listen to this great podcast. You two are stupid. <laughs> my dad says and, uh, you two to my dumb. secret Canadian girlfriend, I want to say hello, darling. Uh, how are you? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff. I like oh, that. yes, of course. So. I don't know, it's just uh, things have been going all right this week, and uh, we're glad to get another episode under the belt. Uh, well, in all honesty, Nathan, all things have not been going this week well this week. This week man, has sucked, really, sucked but... balls. But, uh, and, and I just got to say, you've had some deaths in your uh, circle there. That sucks. More than a few. And, and I'm getting really tired of my musical heroes dying. They can stop anytime. True. Like, thanks. You know, okay, I realize some of these guys are getting older. And this is going to happen, but, you know, come on now. 60s is too young. Let's knock that off. Uh, I mean, has there been a bigger shit show than 2020? No, there hasn't been. 
There, there, there hasn't been. Like, literally. It's I mean, been I can't think of it. I mean, we lose Lynn Rossi, a legend in pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, even Jeez. if you throw out the... Even if you throw out the COVID, 2020 has still sucked. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the COVID, it's just a complete and total over-the-top suck fest. But anyway. I'm not arguing with that. We forge on and we forge forward because it's all we can do. Yeah, it's all we can do. And again, we got plenty coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, lots of fun stuff going on. We've got the, uh, you know, the draft show that we'll be putting together. We've got anniversary show coming up uh, a couple weeks ago was the actual first episode the three year three years ago the first episode of wide men can't jump and well, i know a lot of you saying i know a lot of you're probably saying i'd like to hear that well i'll tell you what if you want you better go on to patreon because i'm going to upload those the first 13 episodes to patreon slowly but surely but right now they're not up yet the Patreon show, because you can't hear episodes 1 through 13 anywhere else. I'm the only person that has them right now. Tim can't even hear them. But I've got them. So episodes 1 through 13 are going up soon on the Patreon page. And there's some good episodes in there. That's the Bruce Pritchard yeah. episode. That's the, you know, a lot of good stuff in there. So There's an unbelievable caller on the first episode. Oh, yes. Magnificent. Yes. Confused me greatly. <laughs> the look on your face face because <laughs> there is video of that somewhere correct? uh yes somewhere i, I, I remember when <laughs> i asked you about if you were related to that well i can't even remember her name now kate bush no it wasn't kate um it's an actor sophia bush oh yeah sophia and your look on your face is who is this moron <laughs> what the hell is he talking about I have that same look going on three years later. Yeah, man. except that you know who I am now. <laughs> yes, I do. Blame Canada. <laughs> All right, and on that note, Tim, anything else you want to throw in there before we get out of here? No, well, yeah, I hate snow. I'd just like to say that, uh, in case anyone was wondering. You live snow. You live in, like, the the northern hemisphere, and you hate snow. Well, let me rephrase that. I don't hate snow. I hate shoveling snow. Okay. All right. That? Now that, now that one I can clarify okay, that. Gotcha. I hate shoveling snow. I love takeout. I gotta say that. Oh, yeah. Me too. I never get to eat it, but I like it. Um, yeah, that's about it. I just don't really know that much. I, uh, shout out to all the peeps. Let's see. Yeah. Thanks for uh, listening. Driving those numbers up. We're going to get rich one of these decades. Yeah, eventually. Probably our kids will get rich. We'll be screwed. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening. We're on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM, Flash, Anchor, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find podcasts, we're there. Yes, Tim. Oh, I got one more. Brad, yeah. your your uh, admirer's husband. Oh, yes. It's birthday on Saturday. Bradley, you're a good man. Happy birthday, Bradley. Your wife You're... wants me. Be <laughs> <laughs> hey, careful, Bradley. Come up to West Virginia and kick your ass. If he's willing to drive that far, I'll let him. All right. He'd probably send her to you. <laughs> probably here, take her, please. Sure. That'd be my birthday sure. gift. <laughs> <laughs> On yeah. that note, everybody. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Later. And take it easy. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com 
slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and Stay Classy Meets, where you can check them out at stayclassymeets.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.